Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Just give us a minute here while Chad hops on. Hang tight. Testing, testing. One, two, three. Hey, hey, what's up, man? How you doing, Chad? Good, good, good. Yeah, ju- just us today, so uh, we can we can go whenever. Welcome, everybody. We don't have anybody from uh, Nine Realms joining today, or just you and me. Not that I know of. So unless anyone wants to, <laughs> unless anyone wants to come, then I I don't think anyone else is coming on today. But there's still a lot of interesting things to to discuss. Uh, Last week, you were on for the uh, Edge Wallet space, right? Those guys are rock solid. Yeah, I think you left a a little bit early, but um, I I was super impressed by by Paul and the rest of the team at Edge Wallet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's, to my knowledge, I think that's the first wallet to interface with us uh, to be able to do swaps and such, uh, which is pretty cool. Yep, just another one of the providers on on the app. I'm actually curious to see... um, if we look up their um, affiliate fee that they're using uh, on the, you know, on the swaps and transactions, like how much, how much trade volume are they funneling through Thorchain, and you know, is that number increasing over time or or, or what? Yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely keep an eye on that uh, over time. I think they charge uh, 50 bips. I think. I wish that was on the the Thor Yield site where you could like. And just like looked at all the affiliate fees and then just like showed you how much trade volume each affiliate was doing. Yeah. Well, we have some nine realms dashboards for that. And just to, to, just to track that stuff. I think there's some flip side tables that, that track the affiliate fees over time. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let will get my hands on that to see like how many affiliate fees are there and like what kind of volume we're seeing from each of them. And that'd be kind of cool to see. All right, Chad, quick question for you before we go into any Thorchain stuff. Uh, can you make the argument that uh, Bitcoin and so, all right, so Bitcoin and Ethereum, we, we both know that there's been incidents where they've had to, to roll back the chain. Can you, can you make the argument that Bitcoin has rolled back, but Ethereum has not rolled back? Um, I mean, so there were, <laughs> I just saw this, this guy, like trying, trying to make this point earlier today. And, and to me that it doesn't, I don't think you could say that, that Bitcoin is rolled back and not also say that Ethereum has rolled back in, in blocks. Well, it's, uh, I mean, I think there was a rollback on Bitcoin in 20, I want to say 2012, because there was some. Um, kind of bug in the code, like an overflow bug, where all of a sudden there was like 800 trillion Bitcoin in supply, just some, you know, like minting issue. Like, and there was like an uber, like crazy amounts of Bitcoin that existed in, in the network for some period of time. And then there was a rollback done by Satoshi and, you know, the rest of the miners at the time to like, to roll back the chain. I think if I'm, if I'm remembering, I mean, I wasn't around in crypto at the time. So I'm just going off of what I've heard about or read about second, second hand. Um, so that was, I guess, in a sense, a rollback. But on Ethereum's case, um, I'm not aware. Uh, they did like the whole ETH, like uh, classic ETH thing. That wasn't a rollback. That was actually just forking the chain. So that wouldn't. Be, I don't think that would consider it to be a rollback. Um, there's a. So it's a semantic argument, I, I guess. It's not. It's just the, on the definition of, of rollback, and not actually the state of the the chain being altered yeah yeah i don't yeah I, don't, I think it's but even like recently there was like some sort of uh exploit with geth uh, like i think it was like a year ago or something like this 
or six months ago, whatever it was. And uh, I don't think there's a rollback from that. Like, I don't think there's ever been a, to my knowledge, and I'm not an expert on this on this topic, but to my knowledge, there's never been a rollback on on, on the theories network. Interesting semantic argument, and that that also reminds me of the uh, the BSC exploit that happened last night. I guess late last night. Uh, looks like there's, I, I don't even know. It looks like over over 100 million that was uh, exploited on on Binance Smart Chain by basically spoofing a uh, a message from the bridge from a, a block that was over two years ago for one million BNB twice on Binance Smart Chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty clever. That, that's too. crazy. Like, a, like you know, that's a pretty uh, complex like um, exploit or attack vector, right? So. In some sense, props to, props to the person who, who discovered it, but um, obviously bad to steal funds from people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I guess we can get into uh, some ThorChain stuff. Um, Avalanche launch was this week, and things are looking real nice on the Avalanche pools right now. It looks like there's almost 400K in liquidity uh, on AVAX. With, uh, it, it, ThorSwap is estimating uh, like a... a 73% APR, but I guess that's with uh, the data from the past um, like week or two or, or so. So I guess that's not, that's not entirely accurate. But uh, I mean, five, 500K in the first week of, of launch is pretty successful in, in my book. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, it's going to be hard to see in the first week. Like you, you always give these things time. Like the APR, our, the APR is obviously not going to be accurate for uh, at least at least a couple of weeks. I would I wouldn't take the APR too seriously for the first couple of weeks at least. Uh, and hopefully, like over time, you know, people will be adding more liquidity to the AVAX pool. And and I think uh, some relationships that that the Nine Realms team specifically is is kind of fostering with the AVAX community with a bunch of different um, uh, communities in that in that world that I probably can't go into details right now. But um, like all that's kind of happening on the back end. So like, it's going to be like a multi-month process of trying to, to kind of garner support for ThorChain from the Apex community. Yeah. We had a great Twitter space on, on Tuesday with a ventures They're They're kind of like zero X ventures just with, uh, with AVAX, you know, related things. And uh, we had a great Twitter space with them and just like, you know, talking with the Avalanche community. It, it's just so fresh going back into the, uh, it, I don't know, it, it feels like we're back in back in March, right? Where it's like, yeah, people trying to understand like the, the very basics uh, of ThorChain, just like asking questions about like, you know, like how the mechanics work. And it, it, it was just very fresh, like talking to like uh, people that haven't been exposed to the ThorChain porn are just like just learning what it can do. Yep. And uh, like there's, there's so many people out there that are like, you know, really curious and want to use, uh, you know, new, new dApps and just, you know, just explain to them the, the concepts of, of ThorChain that, that ThorChain is like an app. It's like an app chain basically, which is like, you know, something that people are familiar with in the, in the avalanche ecosystem and can, can relate to yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think like one of the kind of interesting things with, with avalanche is that, um, uh, Pangolin is, is launching as a as, as a dex aggregator in the near future, and uh, if they already had, haven't already, I can't remember. But um, they're launching uh, fairly soon, and and just by the act of doing so, just kind of puts a lot of pressure on the other dexes in that space to to kind of get in while they can. You know what I mean? Not while they can, not lock the doors closing on them or anything like this. But like, but just like it just. Um, kind of puts additional pressure on them to actually take take, take Thorchain more seriously and and integrate because they're going to pro- provide value that that uh, to their competitors that they're not currently able to support. And so I, it's going to be this kind of fascinating thing of like as we try to expand to new wallets, you know, um, 
like Edge and, and new decks is like Penguin, like the more that kind of click in, um, the, the easier it is to get the remaining people to click in as well, right? Like the first kind of few dominoes are always the hardest ones to kind of to tip over, but then eventually it just kind of causes a cascading effect. And then at some point, like we won't even have like have conversations with a lot of these wallets or, or exchange DEXs or exchanges. Like they'll just, they'll just integrate hundred percent of their own without even having a conversation with, with myself or nine realms. Yeah. And it seems like all the conversations recently, like people have been very receptive on integrating, integrating Thorchain, like m- much more so than they were like, you know, six or even like three months ago, yeah. you know, it just seems like the, the, um, I don't know, the mindset around it has kind of, uh, you know, made it made a shift for the better. Yeah, there there was one, and I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to throw public dirt at any particular project. But like, there was one I was, I me and a couple people kind of met with, and the people from their team were just like weirdly cocky. Like to me, it was just they were just weirdly cocky. Like they were just saying that what they're doing, what they're building, uh, you know, is the greatest thing ever to exist. And like we peasants of the Thorchain community do not belong <laughs> like it was something like they didn't say those words of course but it just like it just that's what it sounded like and i was just like kind of shaking my head like what the hell like what do these guys build like you know not much i <laughs> feel like it's, like it's a fork of something else that already exists it's like you know congratulations and it's just like it was such a funny thing and then all, then like all of a sudden like you know at some point in the recent history they they came back and they were like oh hey hey let's let's we'll start talking again <laughs> I found that hilarious. Yeah. They built the 45th EVM to EVM bridge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was, it was quite comical. Uh, but you're right though. Like people initially were very kind of re- resistant in some sense, like at least a lot of them were not everybody, but some more. And, and as time goes on and it becomes more and more obvious, the value proposition that we can offer to the rest of the industry is becomes overwhelming and they, they kind of want to integrate yeah, especially getting on AVAX DEXs and just like being more integrated into these other other communities. Uh, like I, that was that was just a, a very enjoyable part of like Terra, which obviously you know failed. But the um, just like the integration of like that ecosystem with just just interfacing with you know the cross chain uh, app chain of Thorchain, it was just like. I don't know. That, that was just really nice to see because that that's like who this product is built for. It's not built for people to just use, you know, use Thorchain and, and you know trade uh, trade synths all day. I guess like, <laughs> <laughs> meant for people to to like you know make cross chain swaps. So like it's super positive that you know, hopefully that brings more people on to you know trading on Thorchain interfaces and uh, just you know using using our our apps for their for their trading. Yeah, right. We we could just be one of the one of the other product offerings in their ecosystem. Yeah, initially, like in the earlier days of Thorchain, I think our attention was to become like, you know, the biggest decks and had all the assets and did all the trade volumes and all the things. Uh, but I think we realized as we kind of launched the thing and, and kind of got into the world and kind of saw uh, how things were kind of like shaping up, that it actually made much more sense to, to not try to become the front end to, to much like itself, like in more so just integrate with as many things as possible. Otherwise you're, you're trying to convince people to move away from the thing they're using now, the thing that they love and have been using for the last X years. And you're trying to convince them to come over to you, which anybody, you know, people do that. And, and Solana is basically doing that, right? Solana is trying to convince people to stop using Ethereum and, and start using Solana, which is a very kind of hard, hard fought uh, path to go down it really comes much simpler and cleaner when you just say oh no 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 you can just go ahead and stay in your camp 
and you know keep on using whatever UI or Dex or, or wallet that you're that you're using, and then but still have access to all the power and flexibility and, and things that that Thorchain can su- supply. And that way, we don't have to convince like you know uh, a million people to to use Thorchain, but instead convince like you know five wallets and five dexes to use Thorchain. And then at that point, you, you've convinced a million people, right, or so. Yeah, it's true. I've been thinking about a lot about that a lot recently. Just the the decision to make Thorchain into this backend rather than uh, you know some proprietary front end software, even even if it was open source. Just having uh, you know Thorchain as the infrastructure in the backend just seems to just fit so much better with uh, you know the design principles of, of Thorchain and just makes it so everyone else can implement it so easily as well. So, like looking forward to uh, you know seeing how how this kind of plays out uh, a little bit, but. It, it's good because you know we're going to see it. We're going to see this on Pangolin's front end, and you know hopefully uh, other other dexes. And you know we already saw it on Edge Wallet now. So, yep, yep, yep. Uh, super positive. I see. I see Aerodanis in the in the audience. If you want to jump up and join the combo, you're welcome to. I don't know if he's uh, in the mood to, but he's welcome to join if you like. Yeah, we got to congratulate him on the on the AVAX launch. I don't think we I don't think we had a moment to our, to ourselves. We've just been having uh, other people on these on these spaces a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. We we got some more like coming up that are, that are planned, but you know we haven't had one just the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What else have you been thinking about, uh, Chad? Besides, like, like I, I saw some new like Dorfi uh, PRs and stuff like that. Not not to like <laughs> go go too off topic, <laughs> but I, I saw some new uh, some, some new Dorfi stuff that's coming out. All right. Hey, Aaron. what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Did, did you want to say anything about AVAC hey. before we move off the topic? Something else? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so you know, AVAC's finally rolled out. Super exciting stuff. Um, I think the pool is just getting started. Um, hopefully, in the next few weeks, um, with kind of the more partnerships that we have lined up rolling out, we'll see kind of an increase in liquidity there and increase in volume. Um, so yeah, super exciting. I mean, you know, uh, got delayed a little bit, but overall very smooth once, uh, once the rollout happened. Um, so excited to get that done and hopefully we can get, uh, the USDT pool live, um, already the USDC one is live. Um, so that's another cheap stable coin, which is super useful, I think. Um, so yeah, overall very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we we made some good learnings as the process of like of spinning out a DVM chain on a live chain, which we've never done that before. That was this is our first time doing that as a as a community. And yes. you know, we made we learned a few things along that way, which is great. And then, you know, we'll apply those to things in the future to have smoother rollouts in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The EVM chain is like, you know, probably the most complicated type of chain that we connected with, like the router contract and, and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, now that we kind of like finally yeah, formalized that process and smoothed out all the kinks, the next one, which should be like smooth sailing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Is there any like, what do you think our next EVM chain should be in your opinion? Do you have any uh, thoughts or perspective uh i don't know i mean obviously the nodes kind of voted for binance smart chain i don't know if like the recent <laughs> the recent uh like news has you know affected that um it's obviously i mean it's 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 definitely the most like expensive uh daemon to run for the node operators 
Um, I'd be like kind of curious at looking at like Arbitrum or another L2 that like kind of is EVM like. Um, and I, I think like if we integrated that, like kind of like treated it as a normal L1, um, that could be interesting. Um, yep. I haven't like really looked at, I mean, I feel like EVMs kind of come and go or like, you know, a lot of them pop up. Um, the one I was like kind of most excited about was like uh, Polygon, Matic, just because they were kind of getting integrated everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seemed like that could bring some good activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I think that's also a very expensive daemon. So it's like, we have to like balance out all these, all these yep. things. It's kind of a fun question to ask people this question. It's because like, there are, you know, a hundred different ways you can look at the question and different ways you can strategize or, or, or whatever of like what chains are more important to add or what chains you should, you should add at all, you know, or whatever. And, it, yeah. and in the long term, it won't really matter so much because as we add more chains, you know, there'll be diminishing returns on every additional add chain we add just because there'll be less, less liquidity and these kind of things. But it's always interesting to ask people these questions. I asked a guy from Edge the other day what he thought, and he was just leaning on like privacy chains and like Polygon was what he was kind of advocating for. Yeah. For sure. It seems like there's a lot of demand, especially with uh, Polygon, Polygon Bridges, I guess, not being the most like the best user experiencing is getting in and out of those uh, ecosystems. So, uh, like, I, I would be a super fan of any, uh, you know, Polygon or ETH L2 integration. But like, like you said, Aradonis, it, it's it's difficult to, to gauge like which ones to do because a, lo- a lot of them are kind of, uh, I mean, not, not to like throw shade or anything like that, but they, they do come and go. Like there, there's so many that are competing right now that, you know, you don't, we don't know which one is going to be the most successful EBM chain. Although we do know that obviously there's a lot of economic activity on uh, Polygon or Arbitrum right now, but you know, how, how is that going to evolve over the next you know couple of months or, or you know, years as, it, yeah. as that kind of develops? Yeah. It's really hard to say, honestly, like, and Chad, you've talked about this a lot is like, I, I'm, I've kind of, my, my, my opinion has kind of changed over the last few months because like, obviously like I like, you know, wanted to integrate AVAX. I worked on that integration because it was like the most exciting l1 like or like one of the most exciting this year um but like as you can see like liquidity didn't pour in immediately like it like it did for like terra um and terra was like the terra community was like way more engaged with the thorchain community and so like my opinion is kind of like well what's a chain that's like really proven themselves and has an excited user base and like really wants to get into thorchain and is like a simple integration in my mind that's like dash because it's a you know it's a UTXO chain. We've done the U- UTXO integration. Um, it's a cheap daemon to run, and like there's all, obviously there are communities fired up. So like if I was if I was like you know had complete control, my my, my next pick would be Dash. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a valid point. That's something we kind of like when we first launched Doge. We kind of had that kind of uh, that kind of like learnings as well. Like, well, we launched this coin that's like massive in terms of its economic you know power. But the Doge community is not really engaged with the Thorchain community at all. And so, like, the LPs just never really came in, in full force. Right now, the Doge yeah. pool is what, like, $3 million or something, $4 million? I, I don't know if I had, but it's something relatively small. And so, it's the mm-hmm. same thing of, like, you're right about, like, Dash, you know, and, like, uh, the Radix guys. I've been talking to the Radix guys for a while. And, and it's a small chain in terms of market cap, in part because they can't get listed on any centralized exchange because it's too difficult for centralized exchanges to do that for such a small, low market cap. I, I asked that. But like that community would be like full on bonkers if we if we actually added them and that would create much more uh, activity than even potentially, you know, a larger market cap asset, right? Like, but then again, like the same thing is like it doesn't at some level it doesn't really matter at, at some level just because 
let's assume that AVAX is like pretty dead, for example, just make that assumption. And the, the, the liquidity doesn't come, you know, in at tens of hundreds, tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever it is. Like if Thorchain becomes the thing that we all think it's going to become, I think we all think this, and it becomes such a popular way of, of moving assets and it's integrated to all these different wallets and the DEXs and such, then like, then it'll, it'll get, it may not get its liquidity day one, but it'll naturally get the liquidity, you know, in a few years when, when Thorchain has becomes much larger than it is now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not worried. I mean, like, I think, you know, over the, uh, the next few weeks, we'll see these, these pools grow, but also like we're in like a, we're in a deep bear market right, yeah, right. now. Like there's not, there's not like the, the massive amount of activity that, will kind of facilitate growth in these pools like naturally like we've seen uh you know in other times so it's like we're, we're laying the groundwork now and it's like we, we, we build the like we build the rails we build the infrastructure we integrate the chains that like are important um and then once the bear uh, once the bull comes like you know things will things will be great and I, I think that's what we're doing we're setting ourselves up yeah the more integrations we can get uh wallets dexes chains all these things like and then over the next you know couple of years of the of the bear market like when things go bull again it's just it's going to create like a, a a stronger and a stronger spring like we're like loading the spring right you know yep. what i mean pushing that spring tighter and tighter and tighter ready for it to like blow out and the more chains we add the more uh wallet integrations we add all that stuff now that when that market goes bull like it's just going to create a massive upward pressure uh, on the network in a, in a positive way. So like all this work we're doing now is, is definitely going to pay dividends in the long term. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I don't know if you guys have been keeping an eye on the, the TDL of, of Thorchain, but um, Thorchain has been holding up extremely well, especially compared to other other DEXs and liquidity platforms. And if you look at it in rune terms, it's, it's actually almost entirely unchanged since uh, since March. Uh, I mean, in, in dollar terms, it tells its own story. But in, in rune terms, there's about the same amount uh, of rune in the pools as there were dur- during the uh, you know, at its all time highs for uh, for how much you know rune being locked in the, in the pools and in terms of that. That's so, pretty fascinating. Uh, Hey, yeah, just, just wait for single sided to launch. Well, I, I, I'm very bullish on single sided. So, like, once that thing launches, there's there's so much liquidity just to like wait, it's just like chomping at the teeth to, to to jump in, you know, to the network. And so, like, inherently, the the amount of ruining the network will also increase uh, when that happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if for that reason alone, I'm I'm not concerned at all about liquidity. I mean, we're going to get liquidity with single sided. The thing that like I'm like mainly focused on right now is like getting the getting the wallets and the dexes to integrate because we're going to need the volume to support right. um to support yields so that's like that's like the name of the game right now in my mind yeah i, I think you're right i think i think single side will be kind of the answer to, to to like solving liquidity issues and then getting the trade volume to go with it so we stay capital efficient is going to be a challenge but um and part of the issue with it really is that that as you know, Aaron, it's like working with these uh, exchanges and wallets. Like it's it's a very long tail process, and some are quicker than others, yep. and some are slower than others. But like, it's it take it takes months and months and months of, of talking and, and communicating. Like, and I know it's like you, you and Gavin and other kind of key people um, are like spending a lot of time and, and energy, kind of like you know fostering all that stuff which which i myself and i'm sure the greater community definitely appreciates well yeah for sure and like every time we do this and every conversation we have we like we learn something like edge was a great learning experience because they i mean they were great they like freaking banged the thing out they absolutely crushed it and they but they gave us a lot of good feedback on like things to improve and that's like gonna be that's gonna pay dividends the next one's gonna be that much smoother like 
you know, by the time like we're in like middle of next year, I think we're going to be like cranking through these things. Yeah. We'll make it so easy for Texas and wallets to integrate that it'll just be like, you know, a package they just drop in or something like this, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Super slick, super smooth. And like everything will just work quite well, especially abstracting all the complexities of like, you know, cost of swap fees and, and dex aggregation and like, you, you just abstract all that complexity away from the developers so they can just focus on what they want to do, which is just doing a swap for their users. Then like, it just becomes a no brainer. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Um, and I think we're getting there. Like I think every week we're making progress towards that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. It's interesting how like <laughs> it's these like three levers. It's like liquidity, security and volume. And right now, like security, we got unlock liquidity is definitely coming and so like now the next one's volume and then the volume like increases and then it's going to go back to like liquidity it's going to go like back and forth between these things um, yeah that, that's actually part of the reason why myself and others have been thinking a lot about thorify is that, is that thorify's intention is really is to help us scale this network to a much larger degree right yeah the, for new, sure. the new lending design specifically is like designed to help us scale the mostly the, the the security but also inherently as well the the, the tvl as well so that we can scale beyond you know whatever number of room that we have in the network and actually drive up the value th- through the dollar figure rather than driving up the value through the number of room figure yeah so what's what's uh what's in the latest lending design is that just with the like withdraw controls is that is that right withdraw controls would you say or, or just like the um I don't know what you call like passive liquidation, where if like the the loan itself is the collateral is below value, you can't withdraw or something like that. Oh, hey, that was one of the ideas we floated earlier on about that that, that notion. I don't think that that's much support for the idea. Um, okay, I think I think the circuit breaker that's probably most popular right now is just saying um, the the room will inflate to five hundred million, and that's it, and it will just stop. Oh, gotcha. And if, and yeah, if yeah. the network gets to a place where the room inflates to 500 million, which is the current total possible supply, it doesn't, it doesn't actually change the, the room monetary policy, then effectively the, the loans cannot be repaid and they get a form of liquidation. Not really liquidation because they, they can get it back eventually. Liquidation is like when you just get, you lose, lose your collateral and it's gone forever and you're just, you know, shit out of luck. Uh, I think the idea was that like, you know, 10% or some number of the uh, the system income of the network would just basically buy and burn rune to give to, to kind of create space for those loans to, to exit, to repay their loans and get back their collateral and all those things. Uh, I think that's kind of the, one of the ideas that's that's been talked about. The problem with this, though, is that like if you create a circuit breaker, the inherent thing is that the closer we get to the circuit breaker, the less likely people are to open loans and more likely people are to close loans, it's what it mean, which makes you go closer to the circuit breaker, right? So it becomes this kind of like, it could become this kind of feedback loop in some sense, which is the thing that I'm most concerned about the idea of the circuit breaker. The good thing about it, though, is that it, it localizes the risk of Thorify to the ones that are interacting with Thorify. So... If you're just a you know an LP or or, or a node operator and and whatever, um, the Thorify design holds very little risk to you in terms of like yeah. the, the, the supply of room going to you know 1.3 trillion as it did for um, Luna. Uh, it goes to something you know basically the people who take out loans are the ones that kind of get kind of get hurt by it, but they kind of aware of that when when they when they take out their loan and you know it poses uh, very little risk to. 
uh, the, the general network. Even in the new design, um, the, the derived assets are no longer derived assets. They're more derived units in some sense, derived units of account, if you want to call it that. So there, there actually is no stable coin anymore. Like there's a there's a, there's a, a price fee that the network uses to, to know the price of Rune, but the market cap of the the Tor stable coin, so to speak, is always going to be zero, right? And so because it's always going to be zero, it poses no actual threat, uh, or there's no possibility of a, a Terra Luna like situation in, in that context, just because the market cap not not going to be fifty billion or whatever it was, uh, it would be zero zero dollars and so it has no, no right. threat in that regard um so is that because you can't hold tour and you have to swap tour into uh another layer one asset right. that's exactly right because like you before gotcha. we, you it was a unit of account and it also was an asset and now we're just saying just to make things simpler and, and more a more conservative approach to kind of uh help the community feel more comfortable with it it's, it's just the unit of account and so when you swap to Tor, when you swap to your loan, uh, you don't receive your Tor anymore. You receive whatever asset you want to receive. It could be Bitcoin, it could be Ethereum, it could be whatever. The the accounting is still in dollars. Like your debt is still in Tor, right? But you don't receive the Tor. You receive something else um, as your actual like receiving asset. So it's still used and in, in some sense it allows you to short the dollar in long whatever asset you're receiving. So if you want to short the dollar and then receive Bitcoin, that's basically what happens, right? Effectively. So you you always short the asset you receive you receive and then long the asset you trade it for. And so you're receiving Tor hypothetically in the on the background, but then receiving um uh you know Bitcoin or whatever the asset is that you're that you're into. And so like that was part of the 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 kind of idea that uh, well the reason why the, the Thorify ch- like design had changed is because in the original implementation that we, we floated with the community like seven, eight, eight months ago, whatever it was, um, there was no single set of yield, right? And Thor savings in the Thorify design was basically the same concept what, of what single side of yield is. It's the idea that you can provide one asset and, and not have root exposure and then get yield in that asset. And so we've approached that aspect of the Thorify design just with single-sided yield, which doesn't require any burning or minting of rune. And so therefore, like you know, the community as a whole is, is very much, you know, comfortable with that and very much bullish on it for, for, that, for that matter. And so now we have like, well, we don't need Thor savings anymore because single-sided yield accomplishes the same goal. And we don't need to have two things that do the same thing because that would be, you know, um, confusing and, and, and problematic for some reasons. So now we have to figure out how else we want to, you know, do Thor 5. Uh, and the lending design no longer made sense because if you don't have Thor savings, then the lending design doesn't work anymore because those two things required each other for each other to accomplish each other's goals. And in this new design, uh, Thor savings is isolated and separate from lending, whereas in the original Thor Fi design, they were tightly coupled. And so we can we can enable and disable these things independently of each other if we, if we saw fit. So even in a worst case scenario where you know the lending design, you know doesn't work for some reason and, and, and things kind of go go sideways uh single side yield still exists right and and uh amm trading swaps lps all that stuff still exists and is unaffected for the, uh, for the most part from it and so that becomes a much more uh, palpable uh change to the network which will hopefully get the community to be more positive about the idea of thorfi and how it can help uh safely improve and scale the network. That's sweet. Yeah. I've been, I've been digging into the new Thorfi design a bit. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume you guys are still working on it. So like, uh, th- that's why it's like difficult to nail all the concepts down. Cause it's, it's constantly just in, in flight. Yeah. Uh, 
So, um, but the, but there is the, the like there is a current issue that's in uh, GitLab. It looks like so. Is that the most current design, or is it it's still being like uh, shuffled out of it? I mean, that's weeks? that's like the current design. I'm still open to shifting or changing things, and I'm sure the rest of the team is as well. Uh, it wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if things have made a few more tweaks or changes between now and then um, from from the original the design design documents referred to. I mean, this, 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 this still needs to be more research on it, more mathematical analysis, economic analysis, to, to figure out its like pros and its cons, its weaknesses, its point, its strong points, and where it does well and where it fails. Right? I think that that's going to require uh, more time and analysis from not only just the devs, but the, but the community around us. So. Um... So POL and single side, that's kind of like the first step towards this, right? That's like kind of the savers vaults of Thorfi. Yep. Uh, and that's being tested in StageNet currently. I think we've already, you know, we, 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 we've uh, we've identified some some changes, some fixes. We're pushing those up, doing more testing. What would be the next little piece of this if we were to ship something to StageNet to like move towards the, the Thorfi design? Uh, if we're going to do Thorfi, the next component would be uh, the code change around derived units, um, which is actually already written that code for a, a while back for the original Thorpe design. Um, but um, um, there need to be a few changes to it. We made a few changes to the design. For one, for example, when you mint and burn, or like swap, I shouldn't say mint and burn, but or maybe I should say mint and burn. When you mint and burn in and out of the derived units, uh, the swap fee is now going to be just burnt, right? Rather than rather than supplied to uh, some users. And so the reason why that is is because um, it helps su- support the network from being attacked. Because if you take the swap fees, the swap fees is what's basically protecting the network from price manipulation, right? Because it becomes overtly expensive to, to attack the network, and you will, you know, make uh, you will burn, burn more money or lose more money than you would than you would gain. But if you take those swap fees and you, you just like realign it to somebody else, like oh, we're going to give it to these people over here, these LPs or these this group of people over here. Well, then the attacker can be one of those people and regain some of the swap fees that they, you know, paid to attack the network, which is obviously not what you want. So, really, the only two choices uh, we can make is either we burn the rune, or, <clears throat> or we just kind of basically, you know, donate it to the reserve, and then the, from there comes it's used for the POL and and for block rewards for the, the greater economy. Um, it made more sense to me, uh, and I'm still open to changing my mind, but like my current position is that it makes more sense just to burn it. And so then it becomes this continuously burning rune uh, out of the network uh, in a one-way fashion that can never be reminted, at least not in that, the context of like derived units. Um, so that's that's one of the other changes we have to, have to make to the design. But that also makes it nice because now we're starting to burn rune continuously. Um, kind of like a IP1559 sort of like thing, sort of. But that would be the first part is getting the derived assets done first. And then the second part would be the actual lending part, which again, even most of the lending codes already written uh, just have to change a few things to, to address the new designs, but like largely the same thing. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be super cool to test this stuff out like on a live network and stage net. Um, that would be fascinating. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. I, I also want to scale up uh, stage net to be a little bit larger and economical economic size, you know, put a, a few million in the pools in total just to get, get a little, get a, be a little bit, a little bit beefier before we start testing this stuff out. But yeah. Otherwise, good. you're going to test situations that are like not viable in reality, you know, just because the pool has only got $10 in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the AVAX pool has got $500 in it. Yeah. It's pretty small. And, and those, for that kind of extremely small scenario, kind of 
uh, yeah, basically, yeah. You guys are cow? Yeah, yeah, I- I'm here. Um, well, yeah, I'm not sure, like, it, like how far you want to go into Thorfi today, or uh, just like what else has been on your mind? Because I mean, there's been just so many, uh, you know, recent events in the chain ecosystem so uh yeah i mean I, I guess what what is it the next thing that that you want to discuss you want to keep on on thorfi i mean i always love thorfi it's always a fascinating and fun conversation um it's a it's kind of a changing horse as well you know from time to time but it's it's like for me it's like um you know we delivered on that at the original promise of Thorchain, which was to build this you know chain agnostic um amm right and we obviously delivered on that and uh, I think we, we kind of got interested in the idea of, of doing something more because there was just so much more um, opportunity in the space, in the DeFi space, to, to do things. And not only just do things, like just throw together a lending protocol that we've seen done 100 times before by other protocols in the space, but really offer something different and unique and, and more um, you know, innovative uh, and offer something that nobody else is offering. Even like the lending design is, is structured in reverse of a lot of other lending designs where... And the other lending designs, you're basically looking for the like um, best LTV scenario, and by doing so, you're you're taking on the most amount of risk of, of like of um, liquidations and such. And, and for DGens, they love this, right? They love to kind of have this kind of high stakes gambling that they more or less do. But in Thorchain's designs, it's actually the inverse of that, where the risk is extraordinarily small, but the LTV is probably going to be pretty. Um, pretty large, right? In terms of like the, the amount of room, the amount of assets you get from your from your collateral will be relatively small, I think, just based upon market demand, right? It's not, it's not a number that, that I would set or you would set, but just market demands will determine what the appropriate LTV is. And for right now, like I think like synthetics is at like about 400% uh, collateralization ratio, right? So you put, put in, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be... Uh, that's pretty high, right? And I think for us, it should be even higher just because the loan attributes are so, you know, delicious in a sense, uh, where there's no liquidations and there's no interest. It becomes like kind of a no-brainer in some way. So I think we're likely to see, you know, 500, 600, 700% uh, CR, if you, if you ask my my opinion. We don't really know until we actually launch a thing and see what happens. But Yeah, I, I've been thinking that about that a little bit recently because it seems like, I mean... I, it, it seems like at some point you're going to reach that that equilibrium point, but at that equilibrium point, no loans are going to be taken out because the LTV ratio is is too high. And I guess that's the that's kind of the point of the of the system uh, is to keep increasing that LTV ratio until uh, you know lending slows down. I guess in, in a sense, um, just because of the you know restrictive LTV ratio, right. but. Um, doesn't that kind of slow? It, it slows the whole system down, right? Like, like you want people uh, taking out loans, and if the LTV ratio is huge, and the system kind of wants to get to a point where no more loans are being taken out, then isn't that um, negative for Thorfi? Uh, yes and no. So, like, so there's two reasons why I really like this idea of a, of a free market collaboration ratio. One is that. We want to get the the highest collateral. We as the network want to get the highest collateralization loans possible because that's just that's just the most tasty for the network. It just means that the the amount of like net burned rune from that from that loan would be the highest, right? As a as a percentage, so we want to we want to see those as much as possible. They they actually are better for the network in many ways, uh, which is great. 
but let's, we also use this mechanism to be able to to control the amount of loans that are going out. We don't want to just like, you know, go apeshit wild on day one and, and just have a trillion dollars go out the door or whatever, like hypothetically speaking, just um, that would be uh, a little bit too too much too fast. So we, we like to be kind of more calculated and, and slow moving here on purpose. And so we want to be able to kind of uh, control like, okay, on day one, we want to allow, we want to see if, you know, maybe a million dollars go out, right, in, in, in loans or whatever, or, in, or whatever the hell the number is. And we, and we can scale that over time. So just like how we scale the caps of the of the, of the pools uh, in the initial days of multiple chain chaos now. Um, and so if we want to, you know, uh, put up more loans, we can, right? It's like, say we hit the cap. Well, let's say for sake of argument, the cap is 600% CR, right? That's just what the free market's willing to take for this kind of loan of, this, of, the, of these attributes. And, and, People just stop taking out loans, and then somebody closes the loan, and then somebody opens that loan back up because the CR changed from six hundred to five hundred and you know ninety, not five hundred ninety percent. I don't know, whatever it is, right? But if we want to keep on pushing out more and more loans, we can, right? So all we have to do is we just uh, buy them a mirror. We can change the max CR, we lower that number, and then all of a sudden loans are going out for five hundred percent, right? So now a bunch more loans go out. Go from five hundred percent up to six hundred percent again, and then we kind of more or less stop. And so, like, we have the ability as a community to, to kind of open that that lever, right, and, and be able to open up that that kind of those floodgates and allow more loans to go out whenever we feel like as a community. The question is, like, how much do we actually want to go out, right? Like, how much is safe and how much is unsafe? And that becomes a different conversation the community can kind of like debate about of how uh, conservative or liberal they want to be about. Um, the amount of loans relative to the pool depths, for example, or relative to the room uh, market cap, whatever that, that, however you want to calculate it or look at it, that is all controllable by us as a community. We have we have tight controls on that stuff, so we can scale it as large as we want to and or as small as we want to. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if people are interested in checking out the design, it, it's on it's on GitLab. You can check it out right now. And the the circuit breaker proposal is also up there too, and that's interesting to read through as, as well. I, I really like that idea of having some kind of like you know backstop on, on things, so that way you can you can safely unwind in the event, uh, like on the just before things start to go uh, go south. You know? Yeah, yeah, great idea. I'm very mixed on the whole circuit breaker. I get the value of it, I, and and I get why people like it. Uh, but to, well, to me, it also feels like it just it just makes it more likely that that lending will work out. Like it, it like it makes it more likely that 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 we'll hit that 500, 500 million cab. Um, and therefore, you know, wear that black black mark on our faces of like, oh, lending didn't work out. You know, door chain has a problem, right? Like, and and if it's 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 non-zero to say that like if we didn't have the circuit breaker, we wouldn't need it, which is kind of funny to say. But if we didn't have it, we wouldn't need it, and we wouldn't have a problem, and we never we never had that five hundred million anyway, right? In part because the circuit breaker is not there. <laughs> as funny as that sounds. Uh, but that's really how it is. I think this is how I see it. Yeah. If anyone from the audience also wants to come up and discuss Thorify, then just hit the request button. And we, we can let, we can let someone else up. But um, yeah, I guess just pivoting a little bit. Uh, I, there was an article from the Defiant now today uh, about uh, Thorchain and the Avalanche release. And it was actually very interesting because it was framed as like, uh, you know, Thorchain's like hitting its stride after the uh, after the after the exploits, you know, which is it just seems so crazy because that was like <laughs> like what like 14, 15 months ago at this point. Uh, but the the article from the Defiant is just like 
Oh yeah, like it, it, it seems to be more about about the exploits, you know, last summer than than it is about the uh, the avalanche integration. It, it's interesting to to see how like where where the focus is of the of the crypto media at all times. I don't I don't know why they're so hack obsessed. Maybe it's just I mean, people click on those types love, of articles. Yeah, that's definitely it's definitely more clicky, right? For sure. But it's also because like to say that ABEX is the thing that's like hitting our stride to me is a little bit comical just because we've done things as a community that to me is a much bigger than what, what AVAX is doing. And this is my opinion. That's true. And, and we also have things downstream that are like single side, for example, and order books potentially and other things that are probably more substantial uh, as a hitting our stride, quote unquote. So, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, uh, I'm not a, personally a, a huge fan of the define. I think I was for a while. And then, the more interactions that I personally have with the reporters there, it just feels like it's not, um, it feels like they're just, they're just clicky and they're looking for a quote. And so like, they, like one of the guys that came into our discord just, just wanted to quote any random person from the community about something. And just, this was just kind of like basically trolling the, the discord, like trying to get somebody to comment, say something about something. And it's just like, it was just, you know, I I just didn't appreciate it. Yeah, probably a bridge hack or something like that. I it was that. something yeah. silly, you know, just like, it, it, just, it, it didn't feel like journalism to me. You know, just my sense, my, my two cents. But like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not a big fan of that publication, to be honest. Uh, bringing up DJNs for a better future, writer feature. Sorry. What's up, man? Hey, no, it's been a little while since I've been in, in these chats. And so, like, tied it up in so many different projects. Um I kind of wanted to make a comment uh, on your discussion about hacks uh, and stuff like that. And I think, I think right now the, 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 the reality of, of media is that it draws more attention whenever it's negative or polarizing. And it, it's just unfortunate to see that that's what, you know, um, a lot of the crypto media is, is latching onto. I'm a, I'm still a massive Thor chain bull, even though it's been a while since I've been on these chats, but um but you know, I I, I um, I'm very optimistic for the future, and uh, now now that AVAX has come on, uh, I, I just all the next next stages. Um, what what is the uh, what what in uh, your guys' view? Sorry, my English failed me. It's been a long day uh, dealing with crap from the IRS. Anyways, uh, what do you think, what do you think will be the most uh, Im- impactful? Um, upgrade for Thorchain coming in the in the near future, whether it's an asset or uh, or anything having to do with ThorFi? Uh, definitely a single side. I'm curious to hear Damas's perspective and, and Kyle's perspective. But for me, like the most immediate and the largest payoff, like largest ROI feature is going to be single sided. There's just so much capital that's just waiting to jump into this thing. I was even talking to somebody, I, I wanted to mention their name, but like who's a very well well-known person uh in the deep crypto industry like a very famous person a lot of followers on twitter like a lot a lot lot. and they want to build a product that wraps single-sided just it just wraps it it doesn't you know it just provides capital and and, like it's just there's so much interest in that in this feature and what it can do for the network is pretty large um so i'm quite bullish on that on that particular feature uh that's going to be big i think for the most immediate and, and the largest roi yeah, I think for yeah, me, that, I'm, like, I'm that's really the most obvious thing. Oh, sorry, you, you can speak. Oh. oh, no, I was just going to say that I'm very excited for that as well, especially the layer of simplicity that it adds to, you know, just being able to take your assets and, 
you know, start earning, you know, on the platform. And I think that's going to draw a lot of users very soon. So I'm very excited. Yeah, it's not even. Anyways, thank you guys for letting me talk. No worries. There's actually like what people, uh, we haven't really said this publicly too much, but uh, not that it's a big secret or anything, but um, one of the changes we're making, I think your dance is actually the one that's actually making the change, if I'm not mistaken, is that like when you want to deploy, you know, Bitcoin or Ether, whatever asset, into single-sided, the memo is going to be blank, right? So if you de- if you just don't supply, an, you know, an offer term with the memo, all these things, and then just the network will just assume what you're trying to accomplish is just do single-sided Bitcoin or single-sided Ether, single-sided whatever the asset is. And so like what why that's actually kind of a big deal is just because that means that any wallet in the world, whether it's ThorSwap or Ledger or some wallet that hasn't even integrated with ThorChain in the least bit, they can use their own wallet as it is now uh, and just throw in some Bitcoin or throw in some Doge or whatever the thing's going to be. And so that's what makes it so clean, so simple, like so readily available to everybody, no matter what wallet you're using, just to be able to add liquidity and earn more BDC. Yeah, I've been talking about this a bit because uh, it's just like such a cool concept that you'll be able to make a website with just a, just a QR code and like three sentences of instructions on how to use it. And that, that can be your interface to deposit onto ThorChain. Uh, the, the UX can be baked down like to to be so simple um, to, you know, it'd it be completely unrecognizable to someone who's like using like ThorSwap today, right? Like a- anyone can make such a simple interface to deposit with any wallet, like Bitcoin Core wallet or uh, really, really anything else. Like it, it, it can really be distilled down a lot. So single, single sided is like the biggest thing that's, that's coming out of the, uh, of the pipeline and like in the immediate future. But um, to, to answer your question about like, you know, other things that could be big, I'm, I'm going to say that we don't know what the biggest thing can be yet. I, I think one of the biggest things for ThorChain will, will be one of these integrations. And who, it, no one knows which integration will be the one that brings uh, all the volume. I, I think I, I saw with, uh, with Stripe, Stripe may, when, when Stripe started really growing as a company, uh, they started getting most of their uh, of their volume through Lyft, I believe. And that was a that was just one of the many different partners that integrated uh, Stripe, but that became one of Stripe's like primary revenue drivers. And I, I think that we'll we'll see integrations like that with Thorchain where um, you know it'll just be another one of those integrations that, that comes along, but uh, you know, it'll have adoption and start pushing a, a ton of volume through it. So uh, I, I think you could argue that we, we don't know what the biggest integration for Thorchain will be because yeah, you, you just can't predict those things. Like what's going to happen in terms of uh, of volume and adoption in the future? Hey, bringing up uh, Thorgy, you you could talk, Chad. No, uh, I was just I was curious to get Iridanus's perspective as well. I, I thought I was curious to get what he thought. I think he stepped away. Thorgy, yeah, how's it going? Yo, Thorgy, how are you? Okay, Thorgy is apparently also stepped away. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gone. Maybe we're just getting run right now. Can you, you guys hear me? There we go. Hey. There you yeah, go. now we can hear you. How are you guys? Good, good. So I wanted to say uh, thank you for allowing me to speak and I uh, wanted to give uh, a props to the team for continuing really to develop uh, the, the, the ecosystem of Torchain and, you know, improving, especially during the bear market. I've been with uh, Torchain since... 2019, pretty much since its almost inception, and um, been been seeing Torchain developing through and through, and just wanted to give the the team the props that they deserve for the developing and continuing to develop and improving uh, the space. Uh, I wanted to get a, a timeline, if possible, for um, 
for the single sided yeah um so single sided the code is already done um and right now it's being tested on stagenet with the um nine realms team and others uh some members of the community have also been participating in that testing procedures and processes um how quickly it'll arrive on mainnet uh it's kind of tough to say and i feel like whatever timeline i throw out there will probably be be wrong to be honest with you but um I'm hoping we can see um, single-sided on mainnet in the next, I don't know, I'll say four weeks. Seems like a reasonable time frame, assuming that we don't find any large issues or bugs that need to be uh, patched and released on this kind of thing. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Yeah. And as with any like time estimates, obviously these things like, just fluctuate and no, no one knows how long it could be. Like right now it's being tested, but really, really just depends on, you know, uh, if they, if they find bugs, if they're, if people are confident of a moving to, to mainnet, but it, like all, all the mechanics of it uh, are, are done. It's just getting that final stages. And I'm, I'm sure people can get some kind of sense on how long these things take from just the other integrations, like, like with Terra and, uh, you know, Adam and Avalanche, just like ha- how long things take to bake in, in stage net and be confident of it, especially this being like a, a brand new feature. So I, I would guess maybe a little longer. Like, I, I don't actually know, but like, you know, it, could be longer than that. It could be could be shorter than that. No well, one we've, knows. We've tested like so. We, we went through a process last week or earlier this week. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, to test the POL. So there's really two components to, to single sided. One is the POL part of it, or, or portfolio and liquidity, and the other part is um, the actual like single sided part because you really can't have one without the other. So it most likely, like we'll actually launch uh, the POL first. Like that'll be that'll come out and launch on mainnet first before we see the single sided. Um, and that was just tested this past week. And for the most part, it was tested very well. Everything went uh, pretty swimmingly. There were a couple of minor bugs, so I think too, not to get, to get too upset about, but just a couple of small things. Uh, and so we might see that on mainnet, like, you know, maybe sooner in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, and that will be launched. It, 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 to be honest, it won't be used very much because the synth utilization isn't high enough to trigger the PL to, to and, and act and start adding liquidity into the pool, uh, except for the stables. The stables are the only ones that have a, a large quantity of synths in there. That's largely because of uh, arbitrage bots, I think. Um, but once we add, enable the single side stuff, well, then you know, start dumping, buying synthetic Bitcoin like crazy and, and, and you know, uh, the, the POLs are acting in that case and scenario. So I think you'll see it's really going to be two components to it. First one is releasing the POL and second one is releasing single sided. I'm hoping that both of them will get, get pushed out there in the next month or so, maybe a month, maybe two, but we should see relatively soon. Yep, uh, that'll be super sick. One quick question, uh, Chad. Uh, can you please uh, give us a little bit more of specification on the risk of the user? What are the, the, the plus? I'm sorry, what's the question? I, you kind of cut out there a second. I didn't hear it either. Uh, sorry, what did you say, Thor? I wanted to ask a little bit. Did you guys hear? Can you hear me? So I, th- I, think I, only, I, I think I only caught like the last 20% of that. So, so I was asking if, uh, if you maybe could explain if there's any risk for the user by providing single-sided uh, liquidity. Oh, risk to the user. Uh, good question to ask. So uh, the risk... The the person who's depositing single sided asset, um, they don't take on any IL risk, right? And so they always have access to their their principal, um, which is whatever quantity of Bitcoin they put in, minus whatever swap fees that required to to enter or exit that, that position. So 
Um, and then the question then becomes like, how much yield do they actually produce? I think that'll be probably the biggest kind of like um, kind of divider in some sense because um, there's not much risk to this to the user other than just general protocol risk. Like it's not the same as being a regular LP where you take on two different assets and you're taking IL risk, blah blah, and all these things. But it's but because of those attributes, because it's such a, a relatively lower risk uh, investment mechanism, naturally the uh, the yield of single sided, I'm assuming, will be rather low, right? Um, for something like Bitcoin, I'm expecting it to be like sub one percent, to be honest with you, just because there'll be so many people that's like demanding this feature. The pools will get very, very deep uh, relative to the bond size, and then the incentive pendulum will swing towards the nodes. The nodes will be making a lot more money than they're making now. And the, the pools will be making less money just because there's so much demand to be in the pools, right? The incentive pendulum is doing its job. I'm trying to uh, push more incentive to become nodes. So like, I think that the result will be that, that the yield will be relatively low on, on these things, um, but it'll be very safe uh, income, relatively safe in the, in, the, in the DeFi sense of it. Um, yeah. And I, I think that'll be, that'll be, people are willing to take, you know, sub 1%. Bitcoin yield because we're also going to get that, you know, nowhere really. Celsius, thank you. Yeah, we can get from Celsius, I guess, if they're still around. You know, uh, a lot of more. You know, I think BlockFi is still around. I guess are going to be acquired by FTX pretty soon. But like, even them, like it's like you get. I think it's like you get half a percent for the first Bitcoin, and then after that, you get like point zero zero something percent. Like it's it goes to basically. Yeah, that's true. Even even on. Even with the regular Celsius borrowing rate, I guess it really depends on how many Bitcoin you're depositing. You're right, but like uh, it, it's definitely less than that on even you know pre-blow up Celsius. Which which reminds me about that this the other thing with uh, with Celsius. Did you see that they basically just doxed every single one of their 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 customers on uh, an SEC filing? It's just absolutely just insane. They, they they posted the I guess the entire transaction history, like you know every everyone's name that's withdrawing and the amounts that they withdrew on on which dates after uh, the SEC filing, like yesterday wow. or last night or something like that. Wow, it's it's crazy. You can you can correlate basically every single Celsius customer with uh, with their you know on chain addresses. <laughs> It's, it's absolutely crazy. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah, I feel bad if you... Uh, God. Yeah. Any other uh, questions from the audience? Q&A? AMA? Yeah, there's Thorchain Vegan. All right. Hi, this uh, question's for Eridanus, if he's actually uh, still here. I don't know. I see him in the audience. But I was just wondering if there's anything that can be shared about the potential integration with trust wallet, just because that would just be such a major boon for the system. Uh, if there is there, you're welcome to come up and answer it. Uh, in the meantime, I guess I can say that I know they've talked about doing it uh, trust wallet on several occasions. And they've already kind of publicly stated that they're going to use approaching uh, at some point in time. The question is becomes down to about like, um, roadmaps, right? Like they have a bunch of features they're trying to add already. How important is the Thorchain feature? Even what, what, how far down the priority list does it go? Um, so I'm not personally aware of any like, you know, active development happening on, on the Trust Wallet side of it. Maybe there is, I'm just not aware of it. Um, and of course, we're readily available to Trust Wallet to help them and support them in any way we can. We'll even, you know, lend out some of our engineers to help them add to their code base. Um, We'll do whatever we can to support them for sure. 
but to, to my knowledge, I know there's, there's intention to do it, but nobody's actually actively working on it quite yet. Hey, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of multitasking right now on another thing, but yeah. So, um, trust wallet, I mean, I think they are, they're, they're basically scoping it out at the moment. Um, and I think they like, yeah, as Chad, you were saying, it's all it comes down to roadmaps. And obviously these wallets have big roadmaps, roadmaps, and, you know, it's hard to get priority. Uh, but I can say that there is interest from their side. Um, we're actually meeting with them soon in the next couple of weeks um, just to like kind of get, get you know, more clarity on, on what they would need. And yeah, as Chad said, like, we're like, trust wallet would be huge. So like, that would be like first priority. That would be like all hands on, on deck on, on that side. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think there, I think there's interest. I think they're open to it. We just need to get like aligned with them in terms of like what the, the engineering lift is from their side and what we can do to like make that as light as possible. And that's what we're going to do. And hopefully we can get a good result and get them integrated, like hopefully Q1, but we'll see, we'll see how those, that conversation goes. Awesome. Thank you. And even though what we were talking about before about like making it easier and easier for integrations to happen for like wallets and such, uh, like as Andy Anderson, I was talking earlier, like six months from now, we'll be in a much better position to make it even easier and quicker and less, you know, time required uh, or engineers required to actually interface with us. And so hopefully by the time that happens, we'll just make it you know simple for them to do it and it'll just store together in a weekend hopefully yeah exactly it's like we want to make it like where it's just a no-brainer it's like oh this will take like 30 minutes to just drop in like yeah like why why would we not do this yeah just crazy because like edge wallet it seemed like they did their integration like you know faster than you can you can blink uh so i wonder what the the actual differences between these wallets and like how uh you know the, their development process is and like why it takes you know someone like trust wallet you know months to to, to vet you know one of these things edge wallet just like all right let's uh, let's get it in let's ship it out two weeks well i'm sure part of it is like just like the larger companies just have like more like bullshit <laughs> that they need to like like red tape and like they have to like go through compliance and whatever that you know it just takes longer um edge wallet like i mean like paul the ceo just freaking like he did it himself he just like you know put the team on his back and, and wrote it in like three weeks um and, th- and they, they can move like quickly. I don't know. Like he, he was like kind of in control of the whole thing. So that was great. And I think probably for, for trust wallet, it's like, you know, they have to go through and get approval and then scope it out and put it in the, you know, development sprints and get UX review. It just like takes so much longer. For sure. Cool. Cool. Anyone else want to come up? All right. That's looking like a no, I guess we can, uh, we can wrap that in chat unless you got anything else you want to talk about. Um, no, man. I mean, like, um, I, I, I guess my, I guess my final kind of parting thought is that, that somebody came up earlier and they're kind of rec- like compliment us on, on building and, and, and continuing to push things during the, the bear market. And to me, it's just like, well, well, that, that's just like, you know, for us, we were born in the bear market. We, we eat the bear market for, for, for breakfast in some sense. Like we, we don't really give much thought or, 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 or cause to it. We just keep on shipping and keep on doing what you think we need to do to, to get this protocol to the next step or the next level. And I think like, you know, specifically like nine realms, especially has kind of shown this quite well over the last couple of months and how like we really haven't seen much of a turnover at all that I can think of within the nine realms team or within the OG team. And like people aren't oftentimes when you get into bear markets, teams get sad and, and community starts yelling at their devs and devs get, you know, pissed off and they just kind of YOLO and quit and commonly rug. 
but like that's obviously not even remotely close to what's happening here, which is the reason why we're able to keep on sh- shipping is because uh, we just stay focused and we, we there's so much more work to be done and more, so much value to be added. And so like it just becomes uh, the, the bear market becomes like not even part of the, the, the thought process to some degree. So I, I would I just much appreciate the work that the Iridanis and, and the rest of the nine reps team is doing as, as well as of course the OG people that are working on the product still as well. And like, Everybody's just doing a great job and, and their heads are down and just like keep on shipping. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the bear market because it's just like, we can focus on the work and there's so much less like distraction and noise. And like, I mean, like, and like, we're, like I, and like the whole nine realms team is so grateful for the original team for building a system that like can survive and like can expand and contract. And like when there's like lower activity, it's fine. It just does, it does what it does. Um, and we don't need to like be constantly worrying about like, you know, scraping, you know, for, for the little bits of volume and, and, and yield, you know, it's like, we have a system that's very stable and we're heads down building. And like, it's great because we can focus, we can deliver on what we need to deliver on like safely, securely. And then once the bull market comes, like we're going to scale, like, you know, easy breezy. And like, that's when we pay dividends and it's going to be, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And the system that we have is like super solid. So it's just great to build on it. And and by that point, we'll have by far the largest decentralized Bitcoin pool. It's already almost there, but uh, well, by, by the time the next bull market rolls around, there's, there's no question whether ThorChain will have the deepest decentralized Bitcoin liquidity pool or, or not. I think that's kind of inevitable at this point. Yeah, we'd probably even we'd expand beyond what like uh, Bitcoin sidechains are are doing now, like like uh, Sovereign and you know that kind of stuff, like or Liquid Network or, or even Lightning Network. We'd, we'd probably have more Bitcoin in Thorchain than, than the Lightning Network has a Bitcoin. I, th- is- I think it's close. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure how many Bitcoin there are on the Lightning Network, but I think it's within an, uh, an order of magnitude of of Thorchain. Like I think it's fairly fairly close. Something will smash pretty easily. Yeah. Last time I looked, we were about like, we were like, we had half the amount of Bitcoin that they had. It was, we were only like two X away. Uh, and just the growth of what we're, what we're building, we're doing, especially with single sided, just to be a multiplier on that. Like, that's, I mean, shock. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> to me, it seems almost, almost obvious that we'll, we'll, we'll surpass every other network in terms of, uh, you know, having the, the most liquid Bitcoin. Uh, pools in, in, the, in the world uh, outside of the Southern Exchanges. Sweet, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, enjoy enjoy having you both all, all the time. Aridonis, the goat, shipping out AVEX. And <laughs> Chad, thanks, man. Awesome. He's the goat. He's the goat. <laughs> thanks, guys. Where's, thanks, where's, guys. Where's the goat icon? I can't think the goat sound. Where's the goat sound? Where's the goat? I need a goat. <laughs> Sound. I got the phone. I don't got any goat. Oh, that's a dog. It won't work. God damn, there's no goat here. Shit sucks. Fuck you. I'll, I'll, Twitter space. Ah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there I'll, take it it. I'll take it. I'll take it. See you later, guys. All right. Catch you later.